Welcome to the Consulting Pipeline Podcast. I got a question from a member of my email list named Johnny. Here's his question. I have a question concerning the emergence of the term expert generalist. Basically, the idea is rising to the top of different fields quickly to understand how to produce value. The biggest example of this is Elon Musk, of course. But for the much smaller shop, how does this type of position affect them? Thanks for the great question, Johnny. So let's start with this. What is this expert generalist thing? I did a little bit of just-in-time research, came across an article on Medium on the subject of Charlie Munger. And the article was written by some guy who's selling a membership community where he drips out different mental models. So it's natural that he would talk about uh, Charlie Munger, who's kind of maybe niche famous for um, collecting and deeply understanding a wide variety of uh, mental models of how the world works. Looking a little bit deeper, we find this idea of the, quote, T-shaped person. This idea also appears in, uh, for example, David Baker's book, The Business of Expertise. That's a book you should definitely read if you haven't. And as far back as I can trace it, the idea seems to originate from, it probably doesn't really originate, but as far as I can trace it online, it seems to originate from IBM. Uh, there's a white paper published in 2009 that talks about the, quote, T-shaped professional. And the idea is that you're going to combine depth in perhaps a single area of focus, a single domain, a single expertise. You're going to combine significant depth in that area, and that's the vertical stem of a capital letter T. You're going to combine that with some horizontal breadth, and that breadth is going to give you context. It's going to um, mean that you're not sort of uh, weirdly out of touch with the world. It's going to mean that you have a sort of literacy or a functional understanding at maybe a superficial level, maybe a little bit beyond a superficial level. Uh, but you'll have this understanding of how lots of things work in seemingly unrelated domains, unrelated to your primary area of focus. That's this idea of the T-shaped person or the T-shaped professional. So if you were to map out someone's expertise visually, you'd get something that looks like a capital letter T. The depth in one area is the vertical stroke, and then the horizontal stroke across the top is breadth in a variety of areas. And that seems to be the idea that's most closely associated with this expert generalist thing. And it seems to be, to me, to be describing the kind of professional that the world we obviously live in now obviously needs. In other words, it seems kind of obvious to me that you need broad context in order to navigate today's world. I might go so far as to say that broad context is necessary to really cultivate any kind of deep expertise that actually has value. And that's, I think, a key distinction is the economic value of the expertise. But Johnny is specifically asking here whether this, quote, expert generalist market position 
affects smaller development shops. So let's tackle that question specifically. First, a quick sidebar on terminology. You can think of your business's market position as simply your reputation. In fact, anytime you hear the words market position or positioning, you can really just simply substitute the word reputation, and you'll be quite close to the essential meaning of the word positioning or the word market position. That's the first thing I want you to know. Second, you cultivate a desirable market position, a.k.a. reputation, over time by specializing. Specializing has two main benefits. First, it addresses marketing inefficiencies. And second, it helps you cultivate exceptionally valuable expertise. So when I say marketing inefficiencies, a lot of folks are, maybe don't use this word, but you're intimately acquainted with what marketing inefficiencies are. Said another way, you might hear yourself saying, well, I tried, you know, someone said I should blog, and I tried blogging, and I got no leads from it. Someone told me I should post videos on YouTube, so I tried that. Got no leads from it. Those are marketing inefficiencies, or stated differently, your marketing just doesn't work. You try things, and they don't work. Well, that's an inefficient usage of effort, if it's possible <laughs> to try things, and they do work. And trust me, it is possible to do that. So that's the sidebar. Back to Johnny's question. Let's frame it as the question in this way. If I'm running a small dev shop, can I specialize in being an expert generalist and thereby obtain those two benefits of specialization, the ability to address marketing inefficiencies or, said more simply, to fix broken marketing and second, will it help me cultivate exceptionally valuable expertise if I specialize in being, a, being an expert generalist? So if we frame the question this way, the answer is maybe, but the devil, as they say, is in the details. So there are five conventional specialization approaches, and each in their own way, they do address marketing inefficiencies pretty well. Vertical specialization in a market vertical or audience gives you this tremendous clarity about who you are trying to connect and build trust with. Archimedes said, give me a place to stand, and with a lever, I will move the whole world. Well, if we may take that as a sort of analogy, the quote, place to stand, is your focus on a market vertical or an audience and the lever is your marketing message or expertise. All of a sudden, all that starts to work such that you can actually have effective marketing if you have that focus that comes from vertical specialization on a market vertical or an audience. There's also horizontal specialization, and specializing in an evergreen business problem or a technology platform, lots of caveats and asterisks on that last one, this gives you the ability to build your own uh, sort of platform of authority, if you will, a book, an email list, owning an idea. All that stuff relates to having a platform, which really means that people look at you and, and they say, wow, this person knows what they're talking about. And that allows you to develop a reputation that's specific enough for people to remember and for word of mouth to spread on your behalf. 
So horizontal specialization also addresses marketing inefficiencies. And then there's this fifth form of specialization that I refer to as blue ocean specialization. That's where you have a unique service delivery model, and that can also provide meaningful differentiation, which can help address marketing inefficiencies. So those forms of specialization all work to address marketing inefficiencies, but how about this expert generalist thing? Does it address marketing inefficiencies? Well, it could if you implemented it in essentially the same way you would implement vertical or horizontal specialization. In other words, for this to really address marketing inefficiencies, this expert generalist thing, you would have to focus on the vertical stroke of the T in your expertise rather than the horizontal bar at the top. Because if you think of yourself as this expert generalist, this T-shaped person, and there's no reason for you not to think of yourself this way, but if you talk about yourself in these terms of, oh yeah, I've got this deep expertise here, but don't overlook this horizontal element to my experience and all these wonderful complementary skills that I have and you know, blah, blah, blah. If you, if you have that be your marketing message, then all of a sudden you look like every other generalist in the world. And that's what we're trying to avoid is looking like every other generalist in the world. This is not really me trying to uh, dismiss generalists, but generalists are the ones who have the worst problem with marketing inefficiencies like, well, I just, you know, I wrote a bunch of blog articles and nothing happened. And it's because of that lack of focus. So if you don't do basically what you would do if you were specializing vertically or horizontally and focus on the expertise, then you end up looking like a generalist anyway. So what I'm saying is that thinking of yourself as an expert generalist might be fine, but marketing yourself that way is going to be just as problematic as marketing yourself as a pure generalist. Here's our next question. Does this expert generalist specialization approach help us develop exceptionally valuable expertise? And I think probably yes. In fact, I would argue that this is really the default model for developing exceptionally valuable expertise. So I'm at risk, I know, of coming across like a jerk here. But I can't help but say, you know, when I look at those white papers from IBM, and they talk about the T-shaped person, to me the idea sound, sounds blindingly obvious. Isn't it just normal? Don't people who are, are attracted to the idea of intentionally cultivating valuable expertise just operate this way by default? Don't they just naturally have a range of interests that they explore beyond the superficial layer? And then they have a few interests that they develop into seriously deep areas of expertise? Don't they push the envelope on their own area of expertise while also reading and engaging broadly and staying open to new stuff even from outside their, you know, sort of main area of focus? Again, I, I don't really want to sound like a jerk here, but when I read those IBM white papers, to me it, it, they sound like they're just saying, well, you should all do what is the obvious best way to develop expertise anyway. Now, I realize maybe the authors of those white papers had some other goal in mind. Maybe they were trying to create some change that's now, 
mainstream or something like that. So I don't want to get too heavy-handed with my criticism. What I'm trying to say is that this T-shaped model seems like an accurate portrait of how expertise works. And so maybe I just take for granted that that's how it works. So let me bring things down a notch and say yes. This expert generalist or this T-shaped person model seems pretty close to me to how most people actually develop exceptionally valuable expertise. So again, the real problem that I see is talking about yourself in your marketing, in your message to your prospective clients using this T-shaped idea. It's something that happens behind the scenes, but in how you communicate with prospective clients and the world at large, I think you have to communicate differently. So what's the bottom line here? Let's bring this back home to John's question. Could your small development shop's reputation, a.k.a. market position, be a reputation of the expert generalist firm? Could you be known as an expert generalist firm? Could people refer to you? Wow, these guys are, you know, they're experts, but they're also, you know, generalists as well. It seems like they bring the two things together. It might end up that way after a number of years, but I do not think you can start out that way because it is a very confusing message message to send to prospects. And having that be your initial specialization approach deprives you of one of the big early advantages of specialization, which is that laser focus on a specific market or a specific problem. So this or, you know, clear focus early on on a specific market or problem, that's usually what lets you earn your way into being able to say no to less desirable work. It's what lets you climb the ladder of opportunity. It's what lets you build deep, economically valuable expertise. So the bottom line is I think you could end up having a reputation as an expert generalist firm, but if you start out trying to do that, then I think you're going to run into lots of problems and avoidable slowdowns. Johnny, thanks again for the excellent question. Are you still with me? Great. I wanted to end with what I think may become a semi-regular segment of this sh uh, show, which I'll just call for now show notes, notes about the show itself. So this podcast has become, for me, one of my top two marketing priorities. It's, you know, for me, it's my daily emails that I send to my email list. And this podcast are, I think, the two most important things I do in terms of connecting and building trust with people out there. So I'm trying to continually improve it. The background noise you're hearing on this um, episode notwithstanding uh, I really am working to make this show incrementally better and better. Fun for me, maybe not all that interesting for you. I got a new microphone. I have been using an Electro Voice RE320 and got an Electro Voice RE16. Uh, it's, I think, not quite as good as the RE320, but it has a little more versatility in terms of how I actually use it and it being a little lighter and more portable. So, I'm excited about that. Again, that's probably not that relevant to most of you. Um, set up a Trello board so I can better organize upcoming show topics and questions that I want to answer from folks who've asked questions on my email list. I um, 
always make sure I get permission to an answer those on the air. So if you submit a question to me on my email list, and I think it would make a good, interesting answer to share with uh, folks on this podcast, I'll ask you for permission to share it. And I'm putting a little more work, a little more prep work into these uh, you know, responses to questions and audio essays, working a little harder on the production, trying to make them uh, sound better and just be easier to listen to and easier to comprehend. So that's all under the umbrella of trying to just incrementally make this podcast better. I love doing it, and, um, and I want it to just be better and better as time goes on. I've, uh, over the past three, four months, uh, reached out to people who are vertically specialized in some way to set up interviews, to just ask them about their journey and how they made that decision and how the expertise they have developed helps them move the needle for clients. And I love doing those interviews, but I'm taking a, a short hiatus from that outreach. I'll still have some interviews trickle in. Um, I've got something on the calendar with the, one of the co-founders of FreshBooks and another interview with uh, the guy whose um, name I can't remember, sorry, who wrote the book Built to Sell. And so I will have some interviews, but um, just as folks are busy over the summer, I'll back off a little bit on the, uh, the regularity of those interviews. That said, I would love your interviewee suggestions or submissions. So I, I really enjoy interviewing people, and I think that brings out just great information, inspiration, compelling stories, that kind of thing. Provides good examples for folks who are wondering how to implement these changes in their businesses. So I love doing interviews, and I plan to do them. So if you know of anybody who you think would make a good fit to be interviewed on this podcast, please connect us. Or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the podcast, please connect us. As I say that, I, I need to hasten to add that this podcast if you've been listening for any length of time, you'll know it has a distinct point of view. And my goal is that it is a really, really good, possibly the best educational resource for folks who would like to specialize their business so that they can get the benefits of specialization, address the marketing inefficiencies, as you'll remember from the episode, and um, develop exceptionally valuable expertise. So I'd like this podcast to be the best free resource available, uh, that in my email list, for folks who are trying to make that journey. I want it to support you with education, inspiration, ideas, encouragement, that sort of thing. So uh, those two people that I just mentioned to you, they both hired uh, podcast outreach companies, which I think is fine. Both podcast outreach companies approached me in the way that uh, they tend to do, which is also fine, using best practices, I believe, pioneered by my friend and colleague, Kai Davis, which is also fine. But um, anytime I get a um, an email like that, and it doesn't, and, you know, their list of suggested topics doesn't fit the show format, I become kind of a prima donna and push back. And I say, well, thanks for reaching out. But I don't want your standard talking points. That's going to commoditize my podcast. I, I don't want to choose something from your junk drawer of topic suggestions. I want to come up with something specific for my audience that is relevant to the larger topic and point of view of the show. 
and interesting. And so in both cases, I was able to do that. Um, the FreshBooks founder, uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head, and the, the author of Built to Sell, both are going to talk about their experience with specialization. And that's because I made them do that. So my point is, I'm happy to have guests on the podcast. I would uh, welcome it and love it. But it needs to be relevant to the purpose of the show. And lastly, uh, I love getting your questions. Um, right now, the easiest way to, to do that is just to email me, uh, philip at philipmorganconsulting.com, just one L in Philip. Uh, for a while, I had something set up where you could uh, phone in questions, and I, I wasn't doing a really great job of promoting that or making use of that. And I'm sort of interested in what Seth Godin is doing with his podcast, Akimbo, where he's using some sort of service that lets you, through a web browser, uh, speak a question, and it gets recorded and sent to the podcast host. That's something I'm investigating because I think it would be quite interesting to hear from listeners in their own um, in their own voice with their questions. And so hopefully something will happen on that soon, just letting you know that I'm working on a, a better solution there. Anyway, that's it for show notes. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.